Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church podcast, Virtual Sanctuary. Be strengthened today with the truth of God's love so that you can say to your families, your friends, your co-workers, and your social media worlds, I will be your church. Your hosts for today's episode are siblings, Ben and Joanna Church. Welcome back. So the last couple of messages, we have been talking about the importance of growing in our spiritual maturity by abiding in Jesus, abiding in his vine so that we can bear the good fruit of his spirit and of his kingdom. And our last message in particular, we looked at how do we distinguish between bad fruit and good fruit in our own lives and in others? And how do we submit ourselves to God's word so that we can cultivate and produce good spiritual fruit in our lives? So if you haven't listened to those, go back and and take a listen to those because it'll help to make more sense with today's topic. This week, Ben and I would like to take this conversation a little deeper and talk about the fruit of our mouths. Now, you may be asking, what fruit comes from our mouths? Well, that would be words. Words are the fruits that we produce from our mouths, either ripe and nutritious fruit or rotten and unedible fruit. So today we're going to talk about how important our words are, why how we use our words matters and is important, and how the fruit that is coming out of our mouths is a good indicator of the true beliefs of our heart. We have a few scriptures we're going to use in this discussion, but let's start with this first passage of scripture from Proverbs 18 that reads, the mouths of fools are their ruin. They trap themselves with their lips. A man's life shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Ben, why don't you get us started today on this topic? Well, the first thing I'd like to point out is that our words mean something. Our words are powerful. That scripture right there, there's a lot packed in those few little sentences. And I could remember one time, Joe, that someone very dear to me said these words. I don't believe really that our words mean that much. I don't believe that I have the power in my life that usurps God, meaning my words don't matter that much. Right. Many, many Christians think that way. And I can kind of understand that because the way you were thinking about God's sovereignty, God's plan, that nothing happens outside of his will, things along those types of thinking, and you're just thinking about that, I can understand that. Well, who am I to do anything against what God wants, right? How do my words make any difference? Right. And so so they live their lives in a sense like, well, what will be what will be? Yeah. I have a problem with that, though. Proverbs 18, yeah. just for just for starters today. Yeah. We're just touching. That's our first little point that specifically and literally says life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will lead its fruit. Yeah. Our words matter. Remember, we're created in, in the image of God. That's right. If you look at God, we are a likeness 
like him, the way he made us, the way we think, the way we act, speak, live, it should be a pattern that represents who and what he is. We're his children. How did God create the universe with words? How did God create everything? Every little detail of every single thing was through the word of God. How did he reveal himself to us? How does he reveal his heart to us, his character to us? That's right, his word. So what we don't understand is words are spiritual. Words, God's word is called spirit and life. Yeah. It's words. Words mean something. Not only that, we just see uh, in another scripture, Matthew 12, verses 33 through 37, it says, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. That's right. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And that means by speaking, you're producing these good or bad. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The <laughs> words a little you scary. Say, <laughs> yeah, because the words you say, not necessarily the things you did. This is saying the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. And it's talking about idle words, not just like the powerful statements of, I believe in Christ or, you know, standing in front of a firing squad or something like that. Or even really bad words where you're like really terrible to people. Right. This is even, that is true. Those are powerful, right? Representations of what's in our heart. But this says even every idle word we're going to be held accountable for. Why? Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. Because he gave that power to us. He gave yes. that ability to us. And he said, what are you going to do with it? And we have That's to like exactly give an account right. for it there at the end of time. You know, it's interesting what you were saying about how people who believe in God say that their words don't matter. And yet even science has proven, even people who don't believe in God and mm-hmm. don't believe in the spiritual power of things have proven that words coming out of our mouths can affect the world around us. That can mm-hmm. affect plant life, can affect yep. animals. It can make things grow faster or grow worse. And, mm-hmm. it, and even just thinking about the impact that our words have on people. You hear oftentimes women who've been abused, who have been physically abused and emotionally abused, who say, worse than the physical abuse was the mental and the emotional abuse because those words don't heal. Like that just doesn't heal. My body healed, but those, I can't get those terrible words out of my heart or, you know, and out of my mind. Or you think back when, how many of us, we could have been told how awesome we were as kids, how intelligent we were, how cute we were, all those things. But you have one person, one time in your childhood, call you a freak say you're weird, say, well, you know, whatever, tell you you're ugly, comment on some part of you, and you will remember that one thing. That's power. Like just even that, like, even if you take away all the spiritual aspect of things, just seeing that play out in the world around us shows you the power of words. But now you take what you were saying, but now if we look at it, and as we've been talking about, when we stay at attached to that vine of God and his spiritual sap is flowing from him into us, which is the Holy Spirit. How much more should our words then be filled with power 
when we're actually drawing from the creator himself and from the spirit of creation itself. And it should be a representation of what's inside of us. So as you've been talking about fruit and bearing fruit, spiritual fruit, which is in our hearts, it's not in our bodies, it's not in our mind, it's from our, it comes from our spirits, our insides, the part that's reborn from God, that's of God. So as we grow deeper in Christ, become more like him, it's, I think it's like twofold in the sense of how our words come out. Number one, it should, should automatically come out. Like we should almost unconsciously be speaking good things as we fill ourselves with scriptures. We should be thinking about scriptures. Scripture should just start coming out of your mouth in, in different scenarios, right? Like almost unconsciously. And, and that would be like natural growth, right? Like just grass grows from the sun and rain. But then there's also a gardener effect where we need to be intentional. We need right. to tend to the garden of our heart and meditate and consciously speak goodness, speak the scriptures consciously, pray consciously, start talking to ourselves, maybe talking to a loved one or coworker intentionally good things. So I think there's two aspects of that. There should be always a natural occurrence and there should be an intentional occurrence of think good things coming out of our mouth because sometimes you could have a garden and that you don't tend to, it just gets overrun with weeds naturally, right? And we're in this world. So let's say we're praying, meditating on scripture in our heart, having our, our devotions and not doing really anything else in our lives. We still have the effects of the world coming on us. Yeah, Weeds are being sown in our lives along with we're sowing the good things. And so if we don't take that intentional gardener style approach, I, I feel like you'll, you'll have a mixed bag of, of what's in your heart and you'll have a mixed bag coming out of your mouth. You'll have mixed results in your life. Oh my gosh. I was actually just thinking that as you were talking, because let's just be honest here. When I hear that, whatever is in my heart determines what I say. A good person produces good things out of their heart and an evil pr person produces evil things from their evil heart. Okay. I have in one day spoken awesome, good things, and I have spoken evil things. Evil things have come out of my mouth. How do we deal with that, Ben? If I'm looking at that scripture, this is Jesus talking. He's saying, if you're producing something evil coming out of your heart, that means there was an evil treasure somewhere. There was a treasure somewhere in your heart where that was coming out of. So what do we do when we are finding ourselves just producing both. I am producing weeds. I'm producing flowers. And um, there's that passage of scripture. I can't remember where it's from right now, but it says, can both bitter and sweet things come out of the same river, right? Can Or out of the same well? No, it's it should be one or the other. What do we do when we find ourselves? Because this is, this is a challenge and we're talking about how do we grow up? How do we get to that next level? What do I do right in the middle of it? I started my day off awesome and then something happened. And the next thing I know, I am cursing somebody out on the street. <laughs> like, what do we do in that moment? I feel like this is what separates the men from the boys, the women from the girls. This mm -hmm. right issue here. Most people stop here, never progress because you're going to be called weird, a freak, yeah. uh, extremist. When you start catching what you say, noticing that I've got a bad well inside me. I have got dirty water mixed with good. That's always going to dirty water mixed with good water is dirty water. Yeah. There ain't no good water. It's polluted. So no matter it's a garden full of weeds, 
a garden full of weeds don't produce good fruit. You, you have little terrible fruit. <laughs> so we've got to get that out. We got to repent. We got to watch what we say. We've been trapping ourselves with our lips. Like in Proverbs says, yeah. we've been, we've been speaking like fools. We're, we've been thinking, oh, we're not going to reap what we sow. So we're, what are we doing? Mocking God. Yeah, we're not taking it seriously. So he, so here's the dividing line that I've seen over, you know, the 40 or so years of living after God. And, and I've seen this over and over and over and over and over again. I, Joanna, we've, how many pastors have we known? How many churches have we known that we've had inside information? I counted them up one time. I think off the top of my head, it's been a few years since I did this, but I think it's been like over 30 pastors mm. that our family, we've had access to inside information and seeing the behind the scenes of ministry and, yeah. and, and church workings. So I think we've got a little bit of something to say. It's a little bit of a perspective. Yeah. And I've seen people's lives ruined by the patterns that they speak, that they're not quick to repent, that they don't notice those things. I can tell you an example today. I wear these little cheaters on my eyes. Now I'm 47 years old. I've noticed in the past couple of years, I just can't see close up, right? Well, today I was had my glasses on at work. Someone came in and I they handed me, or I didn't have my glasses on. Someone came in, handed me a paper. I couldn't read it. So I went, oh, grabbed my glasses. And I said, man, getting old sucks. <laughs> and driving home, I just thought to myself, like in my heart, I said, would Jesus say that? Yeah. Oh, that's just trivial. That's just, you know, that doesn't matter. That's not going to affect you, right? No, but. In my heart, I was had a check of, well, if you get old with the Lord, should that suck? Because no. there's actual passages that talk about the glory of aging. Right. So here I am just reacting in a, a little negative way. But how many times each and every day do we have little phrases, little things, little complaints, little this or that, that we say? I remember one time, I was in a pattern in my life of saying, man, that's a pain in my neck. That's a pain in my neck. I, I just somehow had this habit. of just saying that I, phrase. I remember I said that for about two to three years for some reason, right at, at about that time, during that time, I ended up getting in a bad car accident and my neck just was severely injured for about seven years. It really maybe even longer to the, the lasting effects of trying just to get out that. And I just remembered at the time, like, my goodness, because like, I was praying, you know, I, I remember even during that drive, I was, I was praying Psalm 91. A few minutes later, I'm, I'm rear-ended in this terrible way. And I remember just battling within myself, the Lord, Lord, I was praying literally Psalm 91. Now, number one, I, I could have been killed. Yeah. You were. <laughs> yeah. Right. But something came up within my heart out of the blue trapped by what I said. And I'm like, well, what, you know, so I mean, I'm examining myself like, Lord, what happened? He's teaching me. Interesting that the past few years I had been saying, that's a pain in my neck. That's a pain in my neck. And I ended up with a pain in my neck. Yeah. Severe. Some people say, oh, that's not in the Bible. Really? Proverbs 18. You know, some people are very, very stringent about this. There are circles that like, I mean, you're ostracized if you would say some negative thing. You know, I, I, there's there's maybe that extreme. There's not a, a love, compassion, long suffering with with people. But I do feel like there, there, we need to take an approach to examine what we say as we're putting in scripture and, and all the good things, and make a systematic thing of, of 
praying about what we say, what we believe, speaking out the truth, and then letting the Lord lead us in the ways that we're speaking wrongly and repent. Yeah. Pray and repent. And if you catch yourself saying something, or maybe you maybe you say to your kids, "Oh, you're so such a stupid little girl, stupid little boy." Why in the world would you say, you know, you just slip that? up. It's our culture. Yeah. But repent. That's right. But let the, the spirit lead you and, and repent. So from a practical aspect, let's think back over these last few episodes that we've talked about maturing and we, we sort of went through that process and we talked about how when you first come to know God, there's a whole different way of thinking because the way God works isn't the way the world works. The way God says to do things isn't the way the world says to do things. So in this instance, we find out that just as we've talked about before, when something happens in our lives that is contradictory to what the world says. So the world says, it doesn't matter what you say. Who cares if you said it's a pain in the neck? That has no bearing on anything. Uh, Joanna, right. who cares if you called somebody an idiot? That doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't hurt anybody. But we now are confronted. You're, you've now come into the kingdom of God. You've, you've said, God, I want to learn your ways. So you find out that God has said in his word, what you say matters. There's power in your words. You need to change that. So you're going about your day. And just like you said, you say something and you get in your car and you, you get that check in your spirit. I said something today that doesn't line up with what I've been learning about God and about his kingdom. And so we've talked about this. What do you do? It says that we take that captive, that way that we used to think that it was okay to do that. We're going to take that thought captive. We're going to say, well, this is what God says. God says that getting old is a glory. God says that my words matter. So I'm going to speak that things aren't pains in my body. I'm going to speak health over my body. I'm going to speak positive words. I'm not going to call people names. I'm going to speak blessing over them and not cursing. And you, you start to then say the scriptures you've been teaching to yourself and learning to combat that old way of thinking and that old way of talking, right? So that's that process that we've been talking about. Which goes then to, have I been staying connected to Jesus? Have I been meditating on his word? Have I been abiding with him? Because abiding with him is going to help me to know when those things are coming out that are wrong. So if you go back and listen, that's what we've been talking about. There's this process of submitting ourselves to what God says. Doesn't matter if the world says, doesn't matter if another Christian says to you, your words don't matter. God has said, your words matter. So we submit right. ourselves to that. I'm going to submit God. I, it's hard for me to understand how that works, but you said it. So I'm going to trust you. I'm going to submit myself to you and I'm going to start doing the opposite. As Ben said, that's repentance. You, something comes out of your mouth. Like he said, you say something like to your child, you're stupid. That comes out of your mouth. What do you do? You go to your child you don't go privately to God. If you said it publicly to somebody, don't go privately to God and say, God, I'm sorry. No, repentance is you go to your child and say, child, I said this and I was wrong. You, and then you speak blessing over them. You are, you are right. smart. You are full of God. You are made in the image of God. You start speaking those positive things over them. And you were that repentance is you're actually demonstrating then to your children. This is mm -hmm. what you do when you mess up. <laughs> And here's what's interesting then. So we're going to go into our last scripture for the day. But it actually says in James, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, 
you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Okay, let's just stop right there. So again, for every person who ever tells you that it doesn't matter what you say, here's another scripture saying your actual belief system is worthless and you're a fool. You're fooling yourself if you don't understand that your tongue needs to be controlled, which is why he goes on to say, you know, not many of you should become teachers in the church because those who teach will be judged more strictly because what comes out of our mouth matters. He's actually saying that on that day where God looks at all that we have done and and makes a judgment of our lives, it actually says, if you're somebody who like just even Ben and I talking right now, we'll be judged more strictly if what we're saying isn't biblical and if it doesn't line up. And it, or if now we don't he, do it ourselves. If or if we're not living it. <laughs> yeah, right? And he goes on to say, indeed, we do all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, this is so powerful. If we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Wow. Yeah, that is our weakness compared to Jesus. That's our difference. We can't control our tongue perfectly. We will fail. No matter how mature we get, we will. We're not perfect. We'll make mistakes, he says. We'll make a mistake. But Jesus never did. If I could make this one last point about if you could look at it towards Jesus, you could ask yourself, well, what what if Jesus said you're an idiot? What if Jesus said it sucks getting older? Yeah. It would happen. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yes. Jesus cursed a fig. He said, he just said, nobody will eat fruit of you from hereafter forever. The thing died. Yeah. So there's the difference between with what we say and with what Jesus says. So that's the difference. Well, you say, well, but that's Jesus. Jesus, he's all powerful. But then I remember this, the scripture in John where Jesus said, the only thing I do is what I see my father do. The only thing I say is what I hear my father say. The son can do nothing in and of himself. It's only the father that does the work through me. Yeah. Isn't that us? That's supposed to be. Yeah. So the only difference, right. It's the only difference between us and Jesus. He was sinless. Yeah. We are sinful. So we have the battle. The only weapon that we have against that is repentance. Yeah. So it's become, it's putting God within us, becoming more like Jesus when we fail we repent. That's right. Turn towards God and he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And there's the walk and the maturity over a lifetime that we continue to progress and and become more like Jesus. And one way of doing it, a most powerful way is by what we say. Yeah. The fruit of our lips, what comes out of our mouth And as we talked about last week, that's also that good reminder. When things start coming out of your mouth that are bad fruit, that sound terrible, that taste terrible as you're saying them, address it. Go back. Where have I not been abiding in Jesus? But I like what you said. It is a lifetime. But can you imagine? I love that scripture. If we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. As we wrap it up, that is the point of this season. How do we grow and mature? Not that we will attain perfection in this earth, but we should be getting more perfect as we go. We should be maturing. We should be growing. And this says one of the ways that we need to mature 
is controlling our tongue because if we control our tongue, it controls our every other aspect of our life, which it's always a circle. How do we control our tongue? We abide in Jesus. The more we abide in him, the more we walk with him, the more we are trained by his spirit and walk every day with the spirit. As Ben said, as we do what we see the father doing, as we submit to the father, as we submit to what he's told us to do, as we submit to his will, his ways, his words, then we're going to start to have better control over our tongues. And as we have better control over our tongues and the fruit of our mouths, then we will actually be growing up and maturing and we'll see that we're able to control other areas of our lives as well in a mature and godly way. Ben, you want to bless us as we leave today? Right where you are, let's just agree in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it is alive, that it cuts us deep, it divides our spirit and soul, our, even our joints and our marrow. It can get to the most inward parts and change us from the inside out. It can change our hearts, it can change our minds and our bodies, Father. We're so thankful for that. Would you just write your words on our hearts? Mm-hmm. Father, may your words flow out of our mouths as we keep it before our eyes and keep it in our hearts. And may it just start planting a garden around us of good things, blessing the people around us, blessing our families, speaking the truth in love, changing things because it's your words in our mouths. Thank you, Father, so much for the Holy Spirit who lives within us and who is a comforter and teacher. We're so thankful. I just pray your blessing on each and every listener that they would go forth and be blessed and trust in you in all things, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Now go be the fruit-filled church in your world. If you feel blessed by the I Will Be Your Church podcast, please subscribe so that you never miss a day. And then share it with your friends. Check out our website, IWillBeYourChurch.com to learn more about us Check out Ben's blog, connect with us on social media, and become a part of this church family movement.